about hey guys thank you for listening to bloody podcast i am your host maria felix as per usual here with Lori Roggenkamp and cash abdomalik and today we have a very special guest one of the funniest people we know fernando funes hey, hey. awesome thank you for pronouncing my name correctly oh uh, you know it's important what do you normally <laughs> what, hear yeah what do you normally hear Oh, everything. People think my name has an N in it, so they'll, they'll say Funes. Um, yeah, or they never took high school Spanish, so it'd be like Funs. Funes. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're talking about Juana Barraza, which was a female serial killer based in Mexico, specifically Mexico City. 84-year-old Maria de los Reyes invited a woman named Juana Barraza into her home. Juana had been kind enough to help the old woman home and told her she was looking for work as a housekeeper. As she led her inside, Maria barely made it to the kitchen before Juana wrapped a stethoscope around her neck and strangled Maria to death. This would be the crime that Juana would be caught for, but let's talk a little bit about Juana before Juana was born, and if this is uh, if this is already too much, Fernando, let us know. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to this stuff. I want to like laugh because I don't know how to respond. <laughs> no, it's, it's okay. all good. Oh yeah, keep yeah. going. It's okay. You can laugh at the pain. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we just always go like, ooh. That's what Lori <laughs> does. Yeah. <laughs> well. I, I always had the running joke that I always forget that this is a murder podcast. So I'm always like, what? A murder happened? Yeah. All right. I started it. I started with it at the top today because of that. I was like, I don't want anybody to be surprised, especially Lori, <laughs> who's done all 122 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Juana was born in Epaso, Yucan, a town in the state of Hidalgo, Mexico, on December 27th, 1957. Oh, Christmas baby, almost. That sucks when you live through between those two dates, Christmas yeah. and New Year's. Yeah, I mean, you can't hang out with your friends. You can't really have a party. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I would just pick a different day, to be honest with you. I would just be like, you know what? March 12th, that's my new birthday. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, Labor Day. Yeah. Ah, son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. Is anything going on October 31st? fourth july 4th seems pretty <laughs> yeah that's clear solid so uh there's not a lot going on in uh epaso yucan their most famous landmark from what i could see was uh an old monastery it's a small town nothing's and it's in central uh it's in it's not by the coast or anything so it's in like south eastern or south or was it central eastern mexico but uh, Juana's mother, Justa Samperio, was an alcoholic, which who was more concerned with finding money for her next bottle than taking care of her children, of which she had four. She cared, oh, wow. yeah. She cared so little that when Juana was twelve, she sold her to a man in the neighborhood. Uh, and some, I think that this is like Latino like exaggeration but some say that it, she sold her for three beers it sounds like something like my mom would say when she's like 
talking shit about somebody. Yeah. <laughs> it's sort of like my, my grandma always had the story that her mom was a prostitute who gave birth to like 112 children. And then her father died by getting hit in the head with a shovel. And when you, then you're like, my, and then I'll talk to my mom and be like, that never, no, none of that happened. You, grandma was not a, pro, my grandma was not a prostitute. Your great grandma was definitely not a prostitute. <laughs> and he didn't get, grandfather did not get killed by getting hit. He died uh, from like Alzheimer's or something in a hospital. So and my grandma would be like, yeah, because you got hit in the head with the shovel. She's just okay. making a more interesting story. Like maybe you guys have a boring family background. She's just embellishing it. I don't know, Laurie. One out of four people's grandparents were prostitutes, <laughs> and there's four of us here. I'm pretty pretty sure. How old were you when you when you heard that story? Uh, when I was a teenager, when I was like 15, 16, my job was driving my grandma to dialysis, and she would tell me like random stories, like. She had a best friend named Patrice, who she named her my mom after. My mom's name is Patrice, and then that friend ended up having uh, an affair with my grandfather. And my mom was like, "I thought I was named after like a great great grandmother." Wait, so. so your mom is named after the lady that your grandfather had an affair with? One of the ladies. My grandfather what? was a very promiscuous man. Damn, got around, huh? Yeah. He, uh, my grandma always said, never marry an attractive man because it, <laughs> he'll cheat on you. <laughs> the name of her book? Yeah. Yeah. Her, her memoirs. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. She was working on a book. 112 children. That's not even possible. I, I was like, I always thought it was weird in, but I just sort of went with it. Like, I was like, okay. I mean. You know, I was dumb. I was 16. I was like, I mean, I guess. I don't know how many kids a woman can have. <laughs> wow. 106, that would be multiple sets of septuplets. Yeah. Yeah. It's possible. It's not. Can it be? <laughs> no. I'm pretty sure the woman would die. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> look, I think you could have a man who's had who could have like 112 children sure. but you i don't think a woman oh, yeah. could have 112 children she's like not, give birth to 112 no, she would children. die she would die yeah she'd be like four that's it <laughs> that's an oh that's just like an open vagina all the time no. that's what that is okay so back to wow. the story <laughs> yeah a husk so unsurprisingly and sadly this man who bought Juana repeatedly raped and abused her until eventually she became pregnant with her first son. Now, he didn't stop after that. It's just like she eventually became pregnant from her abuser. Um, so she was 12 when that happened, and there's not much known about Juana that's on public record during her teenage years or exactly when she left her hometown. Uh, but many pub many publications say that she left for Mexico City after her mother died. Before that, though, um, she had spent at least five years with her abuser, and her mother had lied to the rest of the family and had told them that she willingly went with her abuser, as opposed to basically being trafficked to her, to him. And it wasn't it wasn't until five years passed that. 
the, her uncles came and then finally rescued her from from this man. But by then she already had kids and stuff. I'm going to skip forward because there's a lot missing, but eventually Juana would have four children from three different fathers. And together, her and her children lived in a ground floor apartment at the east end of the capital, which is a dominantly middle class area. We can assume that she barely, if ever, attended school because one, she was, you know, made to be a child bride, basically. And two, she didn't really know how to read and write much beyond her own name. So to support herself and the kids, she worked as a housekeeper, a street vendor, and occasionally committed petty theft. Her neighbors would later say that there was nothing remarkable or that stood out about the family, um, and that they were all polite whenever they did see them on the street. One thing about Juana that, sh that, that stays the same even now is that she always liked to be like, she always had needed to have her hair done and her makeup done and all that stuff when she went out. Like she was never, you could never really catch her like without like a, her full face on. Oh, well that, I think that's just like commonplace for women of that time, right? You just sort of like wholly aware of like, you know, how people view you if you don't have like you know, all of your makeup done and everything mm -hmm. done correctly. Yeah. Yeah. By, the, by this time, also, Juana was fully grown. And at full grown, she was a tall woman. She was, like, six foot one. And she was broad-shouldered. And, yeah, so she... But she always kept her hair short. Anyway, this leads us to um, her next career move is that she began promoting Lucha Libre events. I mean, this is why this is why I wanted to have Fernando on because I know you're a big wrestling fan, Fernando. Yeah, Lucha Libre is a triple A, C M L L. It doesn't say it. I couldn't personally find out, but I know that she promoted the events uh, at the, the. It's called the arena over in Mexico Mexico City. Yeah. And then she eventually started uh, wrestling herself oh, and cool. participating wow. in Lucha Libre herself. And she was called La Dama del Silencio, which is, in English, the Lady of Silence. So she started competing normally in the smaller towns, and she was a, uh, she was a, a, a rudo, which there's... She was a heel. Yeah. So you, yeah. Oh. So do you want to explain to us, Fernando, what's the difference between a rudo and a técnico? Those are the two terms I heard. Oh, sure. So uh, a heel is what they call a rulo in the States, and a technical is what they call a baby face in the States. Basically, <laughs> uh, a rulo is just a bad guy. They're just a classic villain, and they're yeah. just like very black and white morality. They're just, they have some gimmick. A gimmick is their persona, so la dama de silencio. I don't know what it was, but I could assume maybe she was some sort of like assassin kind of thing, or maybe like a. Mm -hmm disturbed woman like the other one like like the jilted lover who murders uh you know her lover kind of thing i'm just guessing but that's what it could be like uh the technical is the baby face they're the hero they're the good guy they're like john cena is like the classic baby right, face right but like in mexico it's always been like this it's very black and white there's good guys and there's bad guys and there's no like in between it's very ah. like black and white okay. yeah because uh, I think I think they treat it differently down there, especially down there in those times. Like, 
people probably thought it was real back then. Right. You know, I mean, if you go watch it today, it's still very much like that. You know, like it's they really do love the like black and white morality down there, especially during those times. I imagine people probably thought they were like actually being the shit out of each other. It wasn't until like the 90s, early 2000s that the majority of the public started to become aware that it was a work. A work is what wrestlers call uh, their choreographed interactions. Right, where it's right. Like, where they're going to be safe with each other and protect each other, but trying to make it as violent as possible. But back then, they probably, especially in Mexico, they probably thought they were those people. Oh, cool. Were yeah. like real, the evil, they were really actually evil. Yeah, because back then they really uh, maintained kayfabe, and kayfabe is a carny term. It means, like, maintaining the illusion. So, like, you know, if you broke someone's leg, the audience, the public thought you actually broke that leg, and it's all simulated to make it seem like you did, but you're actually protecting them. Like, the best wrestlers protect each other, so. Right, right. Um, oh. Mm-hmm. I wonder if she was good at protecting the other wrestlers. Like, <laughs> I wonder, knowing what we know about her, if she was kind of a dick in the ring with her, like with her with her castmates, where, where she was like, "Oh no, you landed that fall the wrong way. It's not my fault." Yeah, I'm sure she probably started out that way, but then eventually, along along the way, she was like, oh, "Fuck it." <laughs> like you didn't protect my knee. Well, Down's <laughs> knees aren't gonna get protected. I mean, her reason for calling herself La Dama de Silencio that she gave the media, she gave the press before she was. Before she was suspected of murder, she was like, "I call myself that because I like I'm a quiet person." That was it. So <laughs> I think she was working on her on her gimmick on her on her get. <laughs> she did that for a few years. There's even an interview of her the week before she is caught uh, on the murder charges. It's just a cute. It's just like a. I shouldn't say cute. It feels wrong, but it's just like a, a few seconds. It's, an, it's, like, it's a cutie patootie. It's one of those fluff videos where it's like the news went and, and they're promoting a wrestling match that's happening down in Mexico City. And then she's there because she's promoting the event. So, you know, they're interviewing her and they're like, oh, you know, what do you call yourself? And she tells them, La Dama in Silencio. And then the guy, the guy asks her, like, oh, are you, are, you a, are you a rudo or a técnico? And she, she's like, oh, rudo all the way all the way and he's like at home or at work and she's like everywhere so in without context it's like a pretty she seems really charming she is really charming she has like a a like an easy smile and all this stuff but you know becomes haunting a week later if you guys had gimmicks for your wrestling characters what would they be um I, I don't know, because, like, well, let me think. I, my mind immediately goes back to, like, the girls I do know when I used to watch wrestling. And not a lot of them had gimmicks yet. Like, uh, Oh, is this, like, in the early 2000s? A lot of them were just, like, kind of hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Were, yeah, all the, like, all the, I, Trish, I forget her name. She was just, like, blonde and really hot. <laughs> I'm Trish. Yeah. <laughs> was that her name? I can't remember her name. <laughs> Trish Stratus. No, Trish I was big, They all were really, they could wrestle, but they're really hot. And yeah. like to say they had like a personality that was on top of that was kind of hard. It's just like, oh, they're really hot. Yeah, that was pretty much it. <laughs> That's my basis for it. But I guess if I, would, if I would do it now, I don't know. I definitely want a cape. 
Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what's funny though? The best gimmicks are the ones that are just an extension of your personality, and it's your personality times ten, times a hundred. That's true. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like Stone Cold says that he's like Stone Cold. That's just that's just Steve Austin being Steve Steve Williams. Oh, that's his man. real name. That, that's just him being himself, but times ten or whatever. Or like Randy Savage. That's him being times 10 like if you want to succeed it's just who you are like taken up to an extreme if you want it to go to get over and getting over that's like when the fans like really respond to you and like take you in so yeah maybe this woman <laughs> she did that gimmick because she wanted to be a murderer yeah that was her way of doing it i feel like i would have I... failed because my immediate thought was to be like the gilded gentleman and I would be, a, a, I'd be a very strong, strong-sided British character. And every single time I beat you, I would have a nice cup of tea over your corpse. Like it would be that sort of thing. Like I did it, and I'll do it again. I'll, uh, I think mine would be. I'd be a heel, and I think I'd be the procrastinator. And uh, my 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 slogan would be: I don't value your time. I don't even value my own time. Um, and I'd always show up late to matches and yeah. that would be like, that would be, and people would be like, where is she? And I would be showing me like on the freeway being like, come on. <laughs> oh, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> Other wrestlers yeah. in the ring. Like what is, yeah. what, what's going on? Yeah. We, we said, we said eight o'clock and I'm like, I'm so sorry. Traffic and calling, <laughs> calling in yeah. the ring. <laughs> You've just yeah. been procrastinated. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Fernando? Uh, I would be, uh, the big baby. And uh, I would be a I would be a chicken shit heel. I would like never want to fight anyone, and I would always throw a tantrum. But then I would sneak attack people. There you go. There you go. Oh, we should do it. We should work as a team. Yeah. Because then oh. it would be like, because then I would be the one who'd be fighting. But then it'd be like, well, she's not here, so you got to fight. And you'd be like, no, we gotta wait. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be great. <laughs> gotta wait we gotta wait for her she said she was gonna be the one to fight we gotta wait i don't want to fight no i don't want to fight this fight no yeah no then i'd come in and do a leg sweep and be like t anyone (laughs) there we go i think we just we just created our own wwe yeah it's a band of heels (laughs) it'd be a group for sure yeah oh yeah yeah and then Maria would just be Trish. Is that what you mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll take being hot, blonde, and with a six-pack. It's fine. <laughs> Fucking Trish. Yeah. Trish oh, those poor, attractive people. They have to work so hard to get far in life. <laughs> Most reports say that the string of unsolved murders of elderly women in Mexico City started around 1998. So that is the widely assumed timeline, is that it is most likely she started in the late 90s. Um, But then when she goes to trial, we'll see that the first one that she's actually charged with isn't until 2003. Mm. So older women who lived alone in the area began turning up dead and robbed of what little they had in their own homes. For years... The police from so from the 98 onward until basically 2005, until 2005, the police denied the idea that they had a serial killer on their hands, period. First of all, they weren't accepting that it was a serial killer. 
or they weren't for whatever reason letting the media know that they thought it was a serial killer they just kept brushing it off as the media's the media's uh, sensationalism then it wasn't until the police started noticing these undeniable patterns at all the at all the crime scenes that they caught up with with the media who were already calling this killer el mata viejitas which means the old lady killer <laughs> Fernando, <laughs> you can laugh, man. <laughs> can you imagine? That's terrible. Yeah, it's it's kind of one of the lamer serial killer names. It's like, it, well, at least it says exactly what it what you're doing, which is like maybe you should be you should be put to shame. You know, it's like you're el mata viejita. It's like, what? That's a family nickname. <laughs> the nickname your uncle gives you that's like a headline yeah <laughs> who the fuck was that new editor i want a name for that fucking killer right yeah. now <laughs> well, what does he do he kills the abuelitas he kills the viejitas that's it <laughs> i feel i just feel have the seeing suspicion that whoever accepted the name wasn't like a spanish speaker because they were just like, that sounds pretty fucking scary. And they're, everybody's just like, yeah, no, it really is. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, that sounds, ooh, you really got her. <laughs> I just imagining Mexico, Mexico City because they have that uh, culture of uh, newspaper booths down there. You know, oh, yeah. so down there, people buy their newspapers and magazines in these booths. And I imagine they're all over the place. It's a big thing in Latin America and Europe. <laughs> So just imagine these fucking places are literally del mata viejita strikes again. Yeah. <laughs> but it's some stupid Spanish pun problem. <laughs> it's so sad. There's little kids running down the street calling themselves that. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, I know. And it's next to like a like a Tijuana like porn bible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, what's a it's Tijuana just, porn bible? Oh, I was gonna gloss over that. <laughs> no, I want to know. Oh, you've never. All right, have you seen like those Archie? Have you seen Archie comics? They oh. sell like at Barnes and Nobles. I know what you're talking about. The dirty comics. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's like that, but with like people fucking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have seen those. I have seen those. I've seen those. Uh, when I was in grade school, my friend Jason Roman, he he's a uh, half Mexican. He went to Mexico. Like he came back with yeah. some shit like that. And I was like, what is this, it's dude? Crazy. I wonder if that's still a th- that must still be a, th- a thing, right? Or maybe not because of the internet. I don't know. I mean, probably. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it's been elevated to some crazy level. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I remember like the kids in the apartment. Some of the boys in the apartment complex had them. Think, oh man, yeah. I guess yeah. porn's everywhere when you're a kid. Yeah, right. I remember the first time I found porn was a really sad way. I think it was me and my friends, and we were like seven or eight. And um, we were out on the playground, and in the grassy area, there's a chain link fence, you know, firing off from the street. And then we were up by the chain link fence, fence and somebody had stuffed, crinkled up pieces, like pages of Hustler, underneath the fence for some reason. Like, they weren't not visible anymore, but they were just like crinkled up underneath the fence. And we were like, what's this? Yeah, yeah, I remember that camp. You what? The chain link fence with the hustler? No, no, no. I remember. <laughs> I remember finding crinkled, crinkled, like you. Know, what does the crinkling mean? 
I don't know. Is it, does it mean what we think it means? No. Yes, it Maybe. Does. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, why else would it be crinkled? Like, you're like, mm, uh, and then you do it. I'm the, the kind of guy that comes on pages <laughs> and crinkles them up for kids to find. Yeah. <laughs> the subreddit right there. It's my fucking thing. <laughs> my dad, uh, when I was like 12, was like whatever. He, like randomly, I was walking. He had he always had like a dresser that he put all the stuff in. So it was like a he put all like he it had like a opening that you would open the top of, and it had like different compartments, and it had like his checks and money and stuff like that, and then it had shelves on the bottom. And so randomly, I'm just walking through the house, and my dad goes, "Whatever you do, don't look in that bottom shelf." Why would you say <laughs> and that? And then like goes, "Okay, I'm gonna go." <laughs> and I was just like, "I feel like you want me to look in that bottom shelf." Yeah. But like apropos of nothing, and that thing had been there for years, and I was just like, "Why does he want me?" To-? And I thought, and this is, you know, my birthday is June 13th. This was like November. I don't know why, but I thought, or no, it was must have been like march or something but i was like oh it must be a birthday present because that's how my mind works which i was like oh it's definitely a birthday present so i look in the bottom shelf and there's just like a magazine that's just all vaginas it's just nothing but open like it's just gaping vaginas it's not even like sexy photos (laughs) it's like all just different vaginas and i was like what the hell is that (laughs) was so freaked out that i showed my mom because I still thought it was a birthday gift. And I thought, why is dad giving me this? And my mom freaked out. He's like, who has my copy of Gapes? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So my dad like, had I got to have a, Germany. <laughs> yeah. He had to have a conversation with me about, about you know, the magazine. And he, he was did? just like, yeah. What it was so, he was just like, you know, we just, when you grow older, you'll learn that we have men have different tastes in what they find attractive about women. And- <laughs> He's like, listen, when you grow old, honey, you're going to take a trip to Germany. Some guy's going to corner you and ask you if you're in the apes. You're going to say yes. It happens. You think you're not going to say yes, but you will. Then you're going to subscribe to Gapes. <laughs> Sorry. <Yeah. laughs> and then pretty soon you're going to be on their mailing list. And then you're going to go to a corporate event. <laughs> a corporate event i love it but yeah i just i'll just never forget because i i remember friends telling me about finding their dad's porn and being like yeah it's just all vaginas right and they're like no it's like naked women with like boobs and stuff and i was like no it's not my dad my dad just likes one part of the body just the one just the one doesn't matter if it's short long hairy doesn't care it's as long as it's gaping yep yeah (sighs) right is the spice of life but i hate spice (laughs) (laughs) unless it's doused on a vagina (laughs) there it is (laughs) so the police uh while they're investigating uh this string of murders uh they start this they start hearing from witnesses in the area that there is usually what they called a masculine looking woman in the area of the murders. Mm-hmm. Usually it would be around parks and like street markets, stuff, places outside, public places. So we now, now we know that Juana was indeed scoping out old women in these areas, approaching them 
when she saw they were alone and struggling with like groceries or laundry or you know just being super old so usually what she would do is she would disguise herself as a welfare worker or a nurse um private nurses like freelance they're kind of like freelance nurses are not uncommon in like other countries besides the u.s i feel like so it wouldn't be totally uncommon that there would be like a nurse for hire. But what I don't know is that how often do those nurses go around to people's houses and are like, yeah, uh, I'm a nurse and I can offer you services. I don't know if they go around unsolicited. So if anybody yeah. does know out there, let us know, because I don't think it's a thing. I don't think that's a thing either. <laughs> it doesn't seem like a thing a <laughs> nurse has to do. <laughs> no. I'm a fucking nurse. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? I, I'm a nurse. <clears throat> yeah. Hey, just uh, it's like it's like door to door nurse salesman. Like, yeah. Hey, just uh, want to know, see if you're if you need any nursing. Uh, we <laughs> offer plenty of nursing. If you, I don't know if you want to sign up for our magazine. Um, <laughs> subscription. Gaping nurse. Yeah. It's just all nurses. <laughs> it's just vaginas, but with little nurse nurse hats on. Them. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Rogan camps like absolutely. Yeah, my dad's got four subscriptions. Yeah, R N Gates. <laughs> Letter to the editor. Hey, I really like that last issue uh, where they were all dressed as vaginas. The nurses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah that it does seem weird, but I guess like, I guess like if I was older. Uh, I mean, even now, I'm not very healthy. If I was like struggling to get groceries into a car and a woman came up to me and said, hi, I'm a nurse. Like, can I help you? I would, well, I would first be like, really, do I need that much help that you, a nurse felt like I need to address, <laughs> I need to address this and help this poor woman. <laughs> but I would be like, yeah, thank you very much. Like if I was struggling, you know, so I could see, kind of see that, but it does, it, I mean, it's odd, but it's one of those things where I could sort of kind of go with it in the moment. Well, it could also be like, like an attention thing, you know, maybe yeah. they're, they don't have a lot of family or yeah. people won't check in on them. So, mm -hmm. you know, they want someone to give them attention and some attention is better than no attention. You exactly. have to pay for it, I guess. So yeah. that could be yeah. it as well. And yeah. I think honestly, she was, she was more sly about it. I don't think she went up to people on the street or in the parking lot, for example, and was like, I'm a nurse, let me help you. I think she scoped out those who were alone and like probably had like groceries. And then she just offered to help just as a human being. And then what she would do with the ones that she encountered in public like that is that she would then help them home, you know, because a lot of them don't have a car. So they're just walking down the street, like back to their house. So she's helping them all the way home and then making her way inside. And then once inside, She's like, I'm a nurse. Or when she did go up to people's doors, she would either pretend to be the nurse thing or she would say she's a welfare worker and she's there to help them sign up for social security programs, which is the most deceptive, awful thing. Oh, yeah, that's tough. That's not right. No. I'm going to say she's not a nice person. You no. know? She I don't was think a heel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was a heel. <laughs> In life? And in the ring. That's what she, she said. <laughs> she worked a gimmick 24-7. Damn, man. I'm going to... Uh, oh, sorry. I just got reminded of something that happened to me, and it was 
probably pretty fucked up. What happened? If it fo- if it went if it fo- was to follow through. Oh yeah. So I used to live down near MacArthur Park on Loma on Loma Loma Drive. Yeah. And I went to the food for less all the time. And in that area, there were a lot of like there were a lot of toots that lived in the area, prostitutes, sex and- workers. Sex. I'm sorry. Sex workers. You can call them S dubs from sh- for short. S dubs. S dubs. A lot of yeah. S dubs and a lot of S dubs in the house. And there was a trans woman who was a sex worker, who when I was shopping, was very aggressively following me around, and was like, "Oh, hey, what? I had that before. That's really good." And I was like, "Okay, okay, what? thank you." Don't and then like, my shopping? huh? <laughs> don't comment on my shopping. I know. And first of all, I was just like, "I don't eat healthy. I don't need somebody commenting on my fucking Tostino's pizza rolls." Right. <laughs> But I remember I went outside and they were like, hey, where do you live? And I was like, around. And they were like, can I walk you home? And I was like, no, I'm good. Thank you. But very aggressively, like following me for a couple of blocks. Oh, my God. And I made a note of it to be like, this is a fucking something's happening right now. (laughs) And I just remember I went into a I went into a store and I was just stayed there for a while. Yeah. I was like. What the fuck, dude? Did you watch her out the window or anything? Yeah, I was just like, keep walking, please keep walking. Did she eventually leave? Eventually. She was waiting for you outside the store. Yeah, it really seemed like a dangerous thing. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Which is nuts. I I followed around a black guy in a supermarket one time, seeing if he needed help. No. um, uh, (laughs) No, I... um, I was one. I was one time at a uh, the block of orange, which is like an open open mall. And yeah, the block. I know where that's at. Yeah. And there was this very cute little Asian boy who uh, was crying, and I was just walking around, just not really. I, I think I was like waiting to start work or something, and my work was really close, so I think I went there and I was just walking around. So I went up to this little boy and I go, are you okay? Do you need anything? And he just sort of stared at me. And I thought, oh, well, either one, maybe he sees like me and he's terrified, you know, of like a stranger. Or two, maybe he doesn't speak English. I was like, I don't know. I don't, you know, maybe there's just a communication problem. So then me being an idiot thought the best course of action would be to not engage and just follow him for around just to see if he's okay. Cause I was trying like, and I would alert, I alert, try to alert staff to the fact that like, there's a, there's a young boy who's walking, who's like, had to be like no older than seven walking around the block of orange by himself. And nobody was paying attention to me. And then, it, and, and then inevitably he went and, uh, and went with the woman who I'm assuming was his mom. And so then I was just like, oh, well, you know, that's it. And then I go into a store and as I'm coming out, the mom and the, the little boy are coming in and he says something in, in a different language and points to me and the mom looks at me and they hurry away. And I was like, oh God, I am this kid's terrifying story. <laughs> like, <laughs> you like that time travel movie where you manifest a thing you're trying to avoid. Yeah, I was just like, at that moment, I was like, yeah, it was probably really stupid that I did it. But I was just like, I was so, because I thought maybe he lost his, maybe he didn't know where his kid, uh, his mom was, maybe, you know, but who knows? I should have just left him alone uh, when he started like walking away, but I was just like so worried for him. And so, yeah, I just, <laughs> he just, but, oh, I just will never forget him pointing him, 
pointing to me as him and his mom were, and the mom just going like, just, just like, Ugh. they have every right. So I would love for one day for us to be doing, for a listener to be like, yeah, you were, that was you. You were that, one. you were, yeah. you terrified me. <laughs> My son will never go to the block again. Yeah. He, so, but yeah, that's scary. That is scary. Okay, um, back to it. So, I did want to explain that normally I um I have names and dates for a uh, murder timeline, but the police, unsurprisingly, the Mexican police, this is it's not it's not like on record. It's not it's not easy <laughs> to find. You know, <laughs> like I'm not, they don't have a database. You know. The, yeah. Those lovely, lovely authorities. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, the fact that the newspapers were more on top of this than the police. You know? Yeah. <laughs> what does that say? I mean, these murders started in the 90s, in the late 90s, and the police didn't even really acknowledge it. Like, to the, to, like, the extent it was until 2005. So, that goes to show you. And they're they're not and and then they're as we'll see they are handed the case like it's not it's not like they actually ended up doing any work later on but you know whatever. Uh. <laughs> that reminds me of like the man with the candy when like that that guy who killed a bunch of young boys and then he gets killed by one of his accomplices and they yeah calls the police and then they all show up and they're like well we really busted this case wide open yeah. and it was like we you did that. We nailed him. Like, no, you didn't even know that he. Exi- you didn't even know what he was doing. No, like, no, no. This is us. We did this. This is the sh- this is the sheriff's case. You can go, ma'am. Yeah. ma'am. You can go. <laughs> so she was literally getting away with murder. She was literally getting away with murder for quite a while. Um, some of the patterns that the police noticed and that the media noticed were that the murder victims were often strangled with stockings, cords, and stethoscopes. So she was buying stethoscopes, I guess for her nurse costume all the time. So but then using the stethoscope to as a murder weapon, which is insane. That's ballsy. Also stethoscopes are like forty dollars at least a pop, so maybe they're cheaper in Mexico though. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Maybe it was just a fake one. Maybe it was like a kid's stethoscope. Maybe. I mean, yeah. I'm sure she just pretended it worked whenever she did go visit a poor elderly woman. Oh, so sad. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah. She probably didn't even know, like, how to. That's like my aunt always tells the story of how she was, went as a nurse technician, and she never knew how to take anyone's pulse. And so they were whenever they had him practice how to take somebody's pulse, she would just like go, yep, there's your pulse. Like she would just pretend like she knew what oh she was Oh my God. <laughs> That's so terrible. Cause she was just like, cause like they were all the people they practiced on were either definitely alive or definitely dead. So she'd be like, oof, nope, no pulse. And then it'd be like a cadaver. And she'd be like, there's somebody like a partner to be like, yep, you're, oh, I feel it. Oh, there we go. Oh, there it is. It's pumping. Yeah. Oh, that sounds. Wow, boy, that's going. That's doing it. That's doing that its thing. <laughs> so for the police, it was completely impossible that a woman committed the murders in their head. So instead, they focused on on the transgender sex workers in the area. 
for months, every transgender sex worker uh, in Mexico City that they could get their hands on was rounded up, arrested, harassed, and then eventually let go by the police. Now, of course, nothing came of that. Um, and the police were heavily criticized in the media for their treatment of the community. How fucking Latino is that? <laughs> yeah, right? To, like, <laughs> fuck. Uh, you go harass all the trans sex workers, which yeah. means there's a market for trans sex workers, which means there's a bunch of men who are either closeted by or just enjoy that experience. But there's so much shame for that, that they can't tell anyone. So then they round up these people who are just doing their job because exactly. they think they're killing them because they're so misogynistic and programmed to hate fucking trans people. Plus, they also, oh. they're also like, there's no way a woman did this. Absolutely. Because they've already said, there's eyewitnesses who are like, there's a masculine woman around. There's a, there's like a heavy set woman around every time this happens. And they're like, okay, well, then obviously that's a trans, that's a transgender person. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's bullshit too. Especially because yeah. at three of the murder scenes, they found a used tampon in the wastebasket so three times three separate occasions she left a used tampon in the wastebasket and you know it's not the old ladies because they're post-menopause they don't have to deal with that anymore does she want to get caught right <laughs> she's like she's Honestly, like i'm leaving dna you know i'm you using know my own shit could you repeat that cash uh, she's like i'm leaving dna i'm using my own shit what's up <laughs> Well, you know what that tells me is she just has, she was killing people when she was on her period, which, you know, I got to be honest with you. I've thought about it. I've thought about committing murder when I'm, I, I have a seven day rule. When something upsets me, when I'm on my period, I wait seven days. And if it still upsets me, then I address it. <laughs> Cause I'm like, who knows? Um, what my uh, family and I went to Amsterdam and we toured the red light district, you know, as a family does. It's and nice. um that's really nice yeah and so uh we did a tour guide took us through the red light district and they said that they had for a brief time a blue light district which was a blue light district and a purple light district which was men and then transgendered sex workers um and they said they got rid of them because the red light district the women were complaining that they were taking their customers and i was like if somebody's going to the blue light district, yeah. I don't think they're going to go to the red light district. <laughs> if they're going to the men, I don't think those are your customers that, <laughs> that you think they are. I mean, honestly, if the men choose to go to the blue light district it's and you're losing a cup, a customer, you got to step up that pussy. Like that's what you yeah. got to do. Like, I don't know what, you know, <laughs> yeah. capitalism oh. breeds innovation. Yeah. yeah. So did they like, <laughs> did they absorb the blue light district? And they're like, we must, we must merge. We must be one giant district. I don't think they have the men, male, men anymore. I The way that the guy made it seem was that they they still have a purple light district, but it's not as many workers. And then the red light, but the blue light district, the, the male sex workers is just completely gone. Like they just don't, they got rid of them because they were saying that the women were complaining that they were taking their customers. And I just was like, that just doesn't make sense to me. Like, how would who what customer was like well i've been fucking this sex worker for ages but let me see what a man feels like <laughs> like 
That just seems so crazy to me. It, I think that they shut it down, but I don't think it was. It, first of all, they never shut anything down when only women complain about it. So, no. Uh, also, there was like this where he tried to make a joke, like him and his friends one time ac- almost accidentally bought a, prost- a prostitute from the Purple Light District. And I was just like, "You so you just you wanted to have sex with a transgendered person like it's just like that was it wasn't even a joke i was like is this the kind of jokes that i can expect from amsterdam they they sent in the colorblind dude to to pick the sex workers i don't know where i am (laughs) he's like on this tour yes yeah i'm just starting to get into comedy clearly but also, I just I think that that is kind of just to bring it back. I think it's like it's one of those things that's offensive to transgender people, but also offensive to women. It's like, well, a woman certainly couldn't do this, and obviously, a woman who uh, a woman that ugly would have killed herself already. So it's got to be a transgendered person. So like, you know, it's we only have hot, hot women here. It's funny you say that because that comes up in a little bit. Um, oh man. So. <laughs> So then finally, we're jumping all the way forward to November of 2003, when the police officially, for the first time, acknowledged that they had a serial killer, and it was the El Mata Viejitas. It was, like, they are finally like, yeah, yeah, okay, so this is a thing, we're admitting it. Um, and then... The like they admit it, and they they're like they're kind of looking for suspects. They they arrest a person here and a person there, but basically they um they're just arresting almost anybody that's a lead, and then they always end up letting them go. They're just you know they're not really. I don't think they're really trying because it doesn't seem that hard to catch her. <laughs> it's also she is concentrated to Mexico City. So it's not like she's going all around Mexico to all the states and like killing. She's just she's just right there. And she seems to tend to stick into like her same like the same area, her own vicinity. But, you know, whatever. I'm not a cop. (laughs) What is their criminology school down there? You know, like (laughs) I've been spoiled by law and order too much. They would have like solved this in like a week. Yeah. (laughs) And it wasn't even like they have the excuse that it's like, oh, it was a long time ago. Like it was like the 1910s. It's like, this is 2003. <laughs> you they had... had computers back then. Yeah. Come on. Um, That's prime SVU time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. yeah. They could have watched an episode of Criminal Minds that was basically this story and been like, oh, so this person did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just solved it that way. You could have got the police academy crew. <laughs> they would have yes. done a better job. <laughs> you could have gotten Reno 911 to come down and improvise a. <laughs> Bobcat Goldway would have solved the case. All the tampons in the waistbin. Tampons are there. I'm pretty sure that's. I'm pretty sure that's. That's a guy. That's a lady right over there. DNA. <laughs> I mean, both of you. I feel like Bobcat Goldthwait is two people are in the room that are Bobcat Goldthwait. <laughs> yeah, dude, he owned those movies. He yeah. owned them. We're Bobcat Goldthwaites. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I want to open up a gym called Bobcat Goldthwaites <laughs> Weightlifting Academy. Oh, this is how you bench and clean. <laughs> 
<laughs> so finally, oh, in 2005, the police had, I guess I'll call it a break in the case, but I mean, you know, you, t- you be the judge. So in October of 2005, Juana posed as a nurse as per usual, and she gained access to an elderly woman's home. Now, we're not sure how the conversation exactly went down, but while there, Juana picked up and and examined an x-ray that belonged to the woman's son of his broken leg. So her son was staying there, and I I guess neither the elderly woman nor Juana realized that he was in the house at the time. Uh, But so... He's there, and then he starts to hear them arguing, and so he comes and he interferes and he drives Juana off because Juana was already trying to strangle the woman. Mm. So afterwards, he calls the police. He gives them a physical description of Juana, including that he himself thought that maybe Juana may have been transgender because she was such a big woman. And... Masculine looking, I don't know. And then they, from his description, the police made another sketch because they already have like two other composites sketches that have been floating around, but they make a third one. This one looks a lot, a lot like her. Uh, And then they release that. But then they also go back once again uh, for the entire month of October and start rounding up all the sex workers again based on his, his thought that, you know, oh, she must be transgender. The police again go out, they round up the sex workers, and they question them. And now, we only know that they rounded up the sex workers, but I bet that they also rounded up anybody who wasn't a sex worker that was transgender, that they knew about, and targeted everybody. But, yeah. You know, it's so typical that it took another man complaining to them for them to take it serious. Yeah. Yeah, wow, that is like... That is some fucking chauvinism, right there. That's, and then they just the guys like, oh, it must have been a trans, a, a trans person. Oh. What I find interesting is that um, it's likely that Juana could have probably knocked this guy out, right? Because he already had a broken leg, and she could have continued with her murder. But I think that she's so compelled to murder only elderly women that it scared her off. When she saw that he was there and she'd have to fight a second person. Huh. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. interesting. Yeah. Also, I think, like, per her mom, her she probably just has aggression towards old elderly women, doesn't really have mm-hmm. aggression towards, which is interesting because you would think she would have aggression towards everybody because it seemed like men and women kind of screwed her over in her life. Well, she got she got most of the aggression out in a healthy way. She was a wrestler. But then yeah. the stuff about her mom, and it is definitely about her mom because she says so later. It's um and the you know, she she for some reason has to has to kill for that part. I don't know. Um so let's see. So she's on- like just she's a comic book villain. Like she's- you can't you can't write this kind of shit. Like she's yeah. a tragic figure. She's fucking evil and deserves all this mm-hmm. her punishment, but just the forces that caused her to become this is fucking tragic as hell. Yeah, she's a, she's a, a bred as a villain, for sure. So, 
on that X-ray that Juana picked up before before she fled the uh, before she fled the scene, Juana had left a partial fingerprint. Off this partial, the police matched it to prints found at five other of the unsolved murders of elderly women. But there was no match for the prints in the criminal system. So the police would once again have to wait for their killer to slip up a different way. So I also want to stress that, like, Juana, if you look her up, I could send you guys a picture. She is a distinct-looking person. And every time they describe her in the composite for the sketches, they're like, she has short hair and she looks like this. Like, they all kind of look similar. And yet the police are like, well, I mean, obviously this woman doesn't exist. It just it drives me nuts. It's so insane. Yeah. A bunch of clowns. So then, I just, I just love like, it's just like I'm not seeing it. It's just like something like right in front of your face. I'm not, I'm not seeing it. I don't know what you're trying to like. Oh, yeah. just looking all over the place. Like yeah. I don't know what you're trying. You can't make me look. <laughs> so then, in November of 2005. There's once again another murder and the police reveal that they're also nervous because they've realized that there's a pattern and that the uh, there's always a murder that happens in November uh, when since these have started. So that's just like a tidbit of like, okay, so you guys knew this and yet you're just now saying it. Um, but even though they were nervous about it, they didn't really do anything. So another murder did occur. Then in December 2005, police were then we're now looking at recent suicides because they now believed that if they could that that a person who committed all of these murders were was oh, I'm sorry a person who committed all of these murders was probably feeling too guilty to continue living and probably had already killed themselves where did they fucking go to fucking uh, criminology school? The Catholic Church? What kind of shit is yeah, that? Yeah, it's, it's great. He even says in his little speech press conference about it, he's like, there are studies that show that people who do to kill other people kill themselves. And it's like, okay. What studies? Yeah. <laughs> that's like that that's like the equivalent of like somebody punching you and you're like, they're probably getting tired. I'll just wait for them to tire themselves out <laughs> punching me. Like yeah. just like uh, they're gonna. I'm pretty sure they probably killed themselves. So, uh, yeah, we're we're good. We solved it. <laughs> what an insult to the public's intelligence, too. Basically saying it's gonna take care of itself. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. They're gonna repent. Oh, <laughs> All right. I don't know if you guys know this, but a lot of Latinos talk shit on Mexico City, and uh, they call them. They just develop. They're a lot of shit that everyone talks on them. Everyone hates on them. For multiple reasons. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, you didn't know that. I mean, I don't know. I grew up with that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. They're, well, they're called chilangos. That's what they call each other, right? So they're always making fun of them. But <laughs> I can see from their perspective how they must fucking just hate their fucking police force because they can't rely on them for anything. I'm sure if they bribe them to fucking solve it, maybe they would have done a bit of fucking better job. Who knows? Well, you say that yeah, everybody makes fun of the police in Mexico City. No, I'm saying everyone in general makes fun of Mexico City because oh, really? they think they're the shit. Hey, oh, you, yeah. you never heard of that? Yeah, I know. Oh, is think... it, what are the things that they that are? Is it like oh, these city folk, or is it just like they think that they're so cool? Well, no, because they, they think they're better than everybody else. That's what they do oh, think yeah. they're better than everybody else. Mexico like... City thinks they're better than everybody else. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. 
they think they're like the best metropolis. I have I have heard like that that stuff. Yeah, uh, I didn't know that it was like so widespread. I just always assume like I don't understand why these Mexico City people always think that they're better than me. This is interesting stuff, man. Look at her up. Did you see uh, her? Yeah, did you see her? She's a big woman, dude. Or she? Yeah. she is. I think she's still alive. She's still alive. Yeah. I'm just tripped out by the misogyny that they can't imagine a woman doing these murders. It's like they've never seen a big woman. It's like they they, they exist, you know. Like, I mean, what do you mean a woman can't do this? Yeah. I feel like I've seen women like this my whole life. Maybe not like, maybe they're not as prevalent, but they definitely do exist. Yeah. Well, that's like the whole like. I think that's like a issue that like I got in this big argument with my dad. Was like they're talking about like transgender athletes and stuff and it's like if it, it's like what's the like there's a mentality that like women cannot compete in the same level as any man so like you know there's like the Dro- rogan crew that believes like the take the weakest man that man is stronger than the strongest woman and it's like no that's not fucking true that's like crazy. there are women who are crazy strong yeah and so when you like when you argue about like transgender athletes like what are we arguing about are we arguing about testosterone levels because there are women who who have the same testosterone levels that are biologically female that have the same testosterone levels as as a man and so it's like you can't argue you know it's like are we what are we arguing about when we argue about so it's like I think there's just it, when that argument comes about, it's like to me, it's also mired in sexism because there's a mentality that there's no way a woman could be um, match any man's true strength. And it's like, no, that's not fucking true. It's like, crazy. there are women who can. Like, it's stupid. It's yeah. just, but it's a really old school way of thinking, especially in Mexico City. Like, um, I know well, that. Well, sexism is like times 10 down there. Yeah. I know one girl, she's like a makeup artist in Mexico City, and she told me that you can't, like, I was driving her around here one day for a gig, you know? And she's, mm-hmm. and so, and she, like, saw the girls in, like, mini skirts and stuff, like, as per usual here. And she was like, if you wear that mini skirt in Mexico City, like, people, men will straight up assault you. They will take it as an invitation that, Jeez, that's so scary. That you, yeah, that you're a, a whore, basically. And it's like, Jesus, man. Well, there's the case I want to do, which was in, the, it, it was in like the 1930s, 1940s, and it was in Australia, but it was a crazy case where this man rapes, I think he rapes one woman or he rapes this lesbian couple. So this man rapes either one or both of them. Oh God. But his argument was that lesbians actually want to have sex with men, but they don't know it so that he was actually helping them find their their true desires and he won he won the case he won he won and because people at that time genuinely believed that like women just want to fuck a man and it's like you see that all in like english literature there's like i was talking about that but there's like this whole thing in in like in british old british english literature that like women women are actually the 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 sexual deviants like men are just victims to a woman's prowess but women are the ones who like that's why it's back and that's why it like started being like you have to marry a virgin because as soon as she has sex she's just gonna want to have so much more sex and then you're just not gonna be able to contain her well that's why i mean that that dates that dates so far back i mean beyond beyond even the bible but like even in the bible you remember the story of lilith 
It's not in the yeah. Bible anymore, but it's because Lilith is a demon who tempted Adam. Kind of bullshit. And it's like, what? Yeah, it's obviously all writ- written by dudes. <laughs> They're like, just conceived by dudes. They're just like, we're great! So now we have a suicidal transgender sex worker with a period somehow. <laughs> um, Fucking trauma film, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and it has an affinity for stethoscopes. Okay. Then on January 26th, 2006, now we're in 06. Uh, while, ha- while Juana was cruising down Jose Hasso Street around 11 a.m., she spotted 84-year-old Ana Maria Reyes making her way down the street, loaded and slowed down by her groceries. Juana approached her and offered to help, and Ana Maria accepted. So she followed her home, and once she had helped her inside, Juana also told her, that she washed and ironed clothes and asked if Anna Maria needed that done as well. They haggled over the price, which then turned into an argument, and then Juana grabbed a stethoscope on the table. So, I don't know. She, she, she says it's on the table, but it seems like there's a lot of stethoscopes everywhere she goes. I don't know <laughs> where these would go. She said she grabbed one that was on the table that belonged to Anna Maria, wrapped it around her neck from behind, and strangled her to death. After Anna Maria lay dead on her kitchen floor, Juana turned to leave. But on her way out, Maria's tenant <coughs> returned and clearly, sw- and clearly saw Juana leave the house moments before he made his way to the kitchen to find Anna Maria. He immediately called the police and Juana was apprehended not too far from the crime scene on her way home. Upon searching her, police found an ID that identified her as an employee with welfare services. They also found a list of women's names who received welfare checks on Mm. her person. When she asked how many she had killed, or when they asked her how many she had killed, she said that she had only killed Maria because that's the only one, you know, they caught her for in the act, basically, Mm -hmm. and no one else. At the time, the police were hoping to charge her with up to 27 murders and had officially tied her to 11. When she was first asked why she killed Maria, she simply said she got angry. I just imagine for some reason that that she like, you know, when like you just somebody you just want to do something like you want to get in a fight so you just yeah. have like a ridiculous so it's like she wanted to get in a fight with this old lady she's just like well how much would it cost for you to fold my laundry and she's like fifty thousand dollars and the lady was like well that's a little too high of course it would be because yeah. it's always too high for you yeah that's exactly what she did it's exactly what she did so she's just like i got mad at her because she tried to say that i wasn't worth it and it was like I'm worth $50,000. You should give me $50,000. I don't have $50,000. Of course you don't. Because you're spending it all on your stupid stupidness. You stupid. I don't don't know what that is either. (laughs) Making it sad. Come here and let me take your pulse. Okay. (laughs) 
um, after her arrest, but before being formally charged, uh, as per usual with the Mexican police, Juana was paraded in front of the media. Pictures and videos of her were taken of her next to a bust of the composite sketch. Like, they had made a bust of the sketch <laughs> to, to, like, just have on display. That's an extra <laughs> Sell it when you're about to cross back into the U.S.? I don't know. If you look at the picture of it, all right. I'm looking at pictures of her, and that's what it is. It looks like one of those fucking Mexican piggy banks they try to sell you right before you come back to the U.S. <laughs> uh, uh, about when you're like on the border and they're like selling colchas and chicles yes, and yes. whatever else and churros. It looks like they mass produce these, and you would buy these to yeah. fucking put your quarters in. It's like it's the, fucking terrible. It's macabre. It's, it's so, so Mexico. It's so Mexico. It's like so bizarre that they had this. <laughs> <laughs> She's right next so, to like a Tweety with like eyes are two separate. So is the bust of her or the lady she killed? It's a it's of her. It's supposed to be of her. This is so fucking weird. <laughs> I'm looking know. at the bust right now, yeah. and it, it I'm sorry, is. and it has actual hair. But wait, why why a bust though? That's what I are they like You'd showing it? Are they passing it out to people and being like, "Here, we caught her. Here's the bust." No, the bust existed before she was caught. The by oh, the way. Okay. like they had her pose with it once she was caught, which is super weird. <laughs> it looks like one of those dummies you do CPR upon. Yeah, because they put a lot of work into it. So they're like, pose with the bust. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, Mexico City's chronology fucking school, the only thing they're good at is producing bust artists. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the sketch artist was trying to get into skulking. He was like, I'm going to try something new. <laughs> the cops chick was like, "Yeah, sure, go for it. You know, yeah. knock yourself out." Yeah, the cops aren't doing their job; they're just watching him sculpt. They're like, "Go, man, go!" <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! They're probably like high fiving each other. Like, dude, you got her eyes are exactly the same as as the as the bust. You did so well, man. I'm sorry. I found this picture. Where the, like the bust has a little red sweater. Yes. Right. Yeah. So does she. It's because she <laughs> has the red sweater. So they put a little red sweater on the bust. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that's too much. And this picture, she's looking at the bust. It's like she's like, I guess that's me. It's. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's me. I guess that. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> so oh, man. they also released. Clips of her police interrogation before she was even like charged with any formal crime, and they uh. Guess on newspapers, huh? Yeah, I mean, they guess they just sold it. They like the police would have had to sell it to the newspapers, but yeah, they did that, and they released pictures of her reenacting the crime of the murder of Maria for the police. She was like reenacting it with, I guess, another cop. You can look up the pictures for this as well. Um, so it's just kind of insane to me that this is all, this all gets released before she's even like had a sniff of a trial, but you know, Mexico, Mexico police, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So then during her interrogation, Juana was very matter of fact about the murder, but denied any other murder. She said freely that she killed old women because they reminded her of her mother and when she demonstrated the murder, she did it all without a single drop of remorse. 
The only time that she showed emotion and broke down in tears was when she admitted that she had been abused when she was a child. Then at trial, Juana contested all the murders except Maria's, and she pled not guilty to 10 counts of aggravated uh, murder and robbery, and only guilty to Anna Maria's. The defense tried to argue that while she, she may have been guilty of Maria's murder, that she was being used as a scapegoat for the others. Then, when that didn't work, they tried to argue the insanity plea, which clearly didn't work because she was completely aware of what she was doing. Mm -hmm. So, fun fact, I read that in Mexico, there's no jury or gallery. It is the judge and the lawyers, and that's it, behind the closed doors. Along with like witnesses and, and stuff and experts. But yeah, that's it. I didn't know that. So oh. the the two sides presented their case and the judge came back with a sentence of seven hundred and fifty nine years in prison. Ooh. Even though in Mexico multiple sentences are always served concurrently, which means on top like at the same time, not not consecutively. Mm-hmm. She's Currently gonna ser- she's currently serving out the maximum sentence of 50 years in Mexico, after which she'll be eligible for parole. But chances are, I mean, they're never going to let her out. No. Um, so is, how much is the, are they going to let her keep the bust? <laughs> does, she, does she get to stay with the it's bust? It's her celly. Yeah, it's her cellmate. <laughs> uh Here's a here's a fucking picture I found. I don't know how to react to it. It's fucking gruesome. It's of a Mexico City newspaper, I think, and it's like a collage of yes. her work and fucking sketch comedy, mad TV comic strip. Uh, what? It says "cinica," which I think means like crazy person. Maria, is that what it means? No, oh, but it's. I think it's a Chilango saying. I think okay. it means like a specific thing. Oh, like okay, yeah, like "cinica" yeah. means like. Maybe like crazy or something like that. I don't know. But if you look at some of the copy on there, they have it reenacting it with one of the fucking cops. Yeah. And then in the copy, it says, Soy Ruda, uh, which says, I'm a heel. She yeah. said, I'm a heel. Well, they made her say that? No, that's what she says for the um, for the interview that was televised that was when she was wrestling. So this, so actually, so remember I said that she had that video released a week before oh. before she um they're just taking her quote from something else and putting it on here but these are actual crime scene photos i failed to mention that because i feel like it's par for the course that's <laughs> terrible for, yeah, for this kind for the way everybody handled this murder but those are actual on the top there's you know the two the two pictures are the poor old two of her poor victims Wow. And the fucking cops that got her got a hundred thousand pesos for catching her. They, uh, all they did was catch uh, up with her. She was literally like around the corner. That's really all they did. <laughs> yeah. They probably just like did a brisk walk and they're like, "Excuse me, ma'am." Oh my god! Seriously, they're like, "Oh, you're here." It was they just but like. <laughs> they just like busted. Uh, they just like bumped into her. Yeah. Oh my god, this is a farce. <laughs> this yeah. is my 
my new fear now is not well my new fear in general is i i don't want to die i never want to die i want to stay uh i want to be live forever um but my big fear is like can you imagine just like getting to like 80 something your whole life like surviving your whole life and then dying from some dumb bitch <laughs> just sure. gets upset about who has mommy issues like yeah. oh i would be so pissed off it's the worst it's the worst this is why i wish that there's ghosts because i would love for the for her to come back and just like fuck with the her a little bit yeah, a lot. <laughs> just just basically call her a mannish woman every day in her jail cell so although she was charged with 11 murders, Juana has not publicly discussed any murder besides Maria's and is suspected in total in anywhere from 28 to 49 murders wow, of elderly women. Big number. It's a big number. Huge number. That's it. She went to prison to, uh, I think it's like, uh, it's a prison called like uh, Santa Marta. And we have a couple of updates. In 2016, she um, it was reported that she had gotten married uh, two years earlier, but then to another to another um, to another prisoner in another prison. But then they divorced two years later, and she was working in prison. She was she was selling tacos Mondays and Tuesdays in the prison. Mm. Then in 2021. She had moved on up, and she was working at the beauty salon in the prison. She doesn't have any bad behavior reports or anything like that, and she always has a, a gang of at least two to three women hanging out with her. And yeah, she's alive and well and happy in prison. And she's looking to, uh, she's looking to get married again. And that's it. And that like she's engaged, or she just no. she's uh, leaving herself open she's to the possibility of She's living, living herself open. Just so everybody knows, I'm leaving myself open to find love. Hey, you know, she probably read The Secret. She knows she needs to put herself out there. Manifest so. it. Manifest it, yeah. Uh, so we should come up with a million-dollar idea and develop an app for people in prison who want to uh, date. Just like Tinder for prison. I'm okay. Prender. I'm okay. I don't want to... I don't want to get into the uh the background of those relationships yeah in any way <laughs> i don't want to be in the fold yeah you <laughs> expect a super late night phone call to be like yeah you can believe what happened be like oh god mm -hmm. please leave me out of it <laughs> so that's it um fernando thank you so much for being with us for educating yeah. us on it was a lot of fun guys that's what bring me on this was like wow this is i just i don't know i'm shocked I am just, I don't know what to say. There's so much crazy shit. She had a big story, and it's I really condensed it. But yeah, she has a, a crazy long story. And probably as time goes on, we'll know more about her because she hasn't told us anything. And one of these days, I mean, first of all, we already know she likes performing. So one of these days, she's going to talk. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Closer to the end, she's going to be like, wait, 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 wait. I'll let you know about the rest. <laughs> yeah did you say she's still super young well she's relatively young like, yeah she yeah like... yeah she's um i want to say she was arrested when she was 50 and that was 2006 and how many years since 2006 has it been 
She's like, she's uh, 65. Yeah, she's still really young. She's about the age that she would start, like, trying to hunt victims at. Fuck. Her own torture will see herself becoming an old woman. Mm-hmm. 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 And she probably looks just like her mom. Well, that's Ugh. every single day looking in the mirror, seeing that. Good. <laughs> yeah. Horrible person. Yeah, it's. I was thinking we should. What we should do is we should go down there, and pretend to be a wrestling, like a wrestling scout, and say that we want to create a, a wrestling show where she's the heel, and we're gonna. She's a. She kills older women, and then we have her create her own story, and then we record it, and then boom, that's her confession. We'll probably get her to confess. Yeah. So. The long con. <laughs> Fernando, yeah. is there is there anything you want to plug? Anything going on? Any shows? Uh, when does this come out? When is this? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Oh, okay, August twenty seventh, doing a show uh, at the Rearte uh, Literary Center in Boyle Heights. Uh, Langus County Pachanga's first live show in person in a long time. Come check it out. It's gonna be a lot of fun. When is it? August twenty seventh, Friday. Oh, August we got 27th, a new date. Seven p.m. to ten p.m. Yes, okay. a lot of stuff happened, but now we have that date. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, check out check that out if you're in the LA area. Fernando and I are both on that team. Fernando is our uh de facto leader and he he's dope, man, and he's the funniest dude around. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And Maria, I would love to have you on that show if you're open to it. Yeah. You don't have to say yes now, but if you yes, all right, awesome, right everyone. <laughs> August twenty seventh, yeah. uh Maria Felix will be there at the show. Come check it out. The guy just got ten times funnier because she'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a Twitter that you like people to follow or Instagram or you kind of? Instagram, Fernando A. Funes, at Fernando A. Funes. All right, cool. Check that out. You guys want to plug anything? I'm good. I'm good. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great night. Bye. Or Bye. Day. Bye.